It's the 25th day of February. Welcome to the Red Letter Minute. I am Reggie. It is great to be here with you today. As we are continuing in the book of Hebrews, getting right right along, we are in chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. Now the first covenant had its regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up. In its first room were the lampstand and the table with its consecrated bread. This was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place, which had the golden altar of incense and the gold-covered ark of the covenant. This ark contained the gold jar of manna Aaron's staff that had budded, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the ark were the cherubim of the glory, overshadowing the atonement cover. But we cannot discuss these things in detail now. When everything had been arranged like this, the priests entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry. But only the high priests entered the inner room and that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. This is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations applying until the time of the new order. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, it is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more, then, will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God? For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, Now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. In the case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it, because a will is in force only when somebody has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. This is why even the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. When Moses had proclaimed every command of the law 
to all the people, he took the blood of the calves, together with water, scarlet wool, and branches of hyssop, and sprinkled the scroll and all the people. He said, This is the blood of the covenant, which God has commanded you to keep. In the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and everything used in its ceremonies. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. It was necessary then for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices. But the heavenly things themselves with batter better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. This concludes our reading for today. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you that we are able to to get to gather together and maybe not physically God with one another but we are able to gather around your word all around the world through this technology, God, that that provides a way for us to, to minister to each other, God, through your word. And we take advantage of that today. God, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to, to die on a cross to shed his blood, that we thank you that he was the ultimate sacrifice, able to cleanse us from sin, day after day, cleansing us, purifying our minds, renewing our hearts, washing us clean, as white as snow, your word says. And God, you sent your son, your one and only son, to die for us. What an amazing thing. What an amazing God you are. The only true and living God willing to die for us so that we might live with you forever in heaven. Thank you, thank you Jesus, that you not only died for us, but you rose again you came back to life three days in the grave you rose again conquering sin and death 
and burying it forever in the grave. That even though we might we will all die someday, that our bodies, our our spiritual bodies and our souls will be resurrected just like you were and we will join you forever in heaven because of the blood of Jesus. God, we worship you, we worship you today. We love you. We honor you with our lives, our minds, our hearts, our souls, our spirits. We lift up all the brothers and sisters around the world, the persecuted church in so many countries that are dying because of their faith, that are being beaten because of their faith. God, we ask for your comfort, Holy Spirit, upon those families. We ask that you would deliver them, God, from persecution. We thank you for those who are willing to suffer for your name. Father, help us to be willing to suffer for you, Jesus, if it came to that, Lord. Because you suffered and laid down your life for us. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friend, if you don't know the living God, the creator of heaven and earth. If you don't if you do not know him today, I just invite you to just come to know him. And by doing doing that, you just have to confess with your mouth. The Bible says, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead that you will be saved it's not some magical prayer it's not some mysticism it's it's a spiritual act it's an act of faith by proclaiming with our mouth that we believe that Jesus is Lord and we invite him to be Lord of our lives and follow him and put our trust fully in him that we will be saved. I just invite you to do that today. Just say, Jesus, I need you. Please forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean today. I make you my Lord and Savior. Please save me and make me your own. I want to live with you here and now and in heaven forever. In Jesus' name, amen.